Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Tonight we're kicking off 40 Days of Purpose, and I know that some of you would have been here this morning, uh, but let me assure you that every message will be different. The same points might be said, but every message will be different, and this is how I can guarantee you that that is the case, is simply that if you hear me tell a story, and then hear Daz tell the same story, those stories are completely different, and so you can be assured that the messages will be different. And uh, it's everywhere that's, uh, that kicked this off today. Bendy this afternoon, um, Gunnedah, Gaira, Armadale, and here this morning. And uh, we're kicking off 40 days of purpose. Live your calling. Live your calling. Well, I'm really excited. I believe that doing it everywhere is creating a unity. And the Bible says that where there's unity, God commands a blessing. And so we're believing that everywhere that people are leaning in and joining into that, there's going to be an impact. And the ramifications might be just felt in the community of faith, but also out into the community as well. So full disclaimer, <clears throat> for this series, 70% of the content is actually found in connect groups and in uh, the daily devotionals. And so it's really a, a great idea if you want to get the most out of this campaign to get a hold of this book. You can get it for $20 um, out the back tonight. Uh, you can get it on Kindle for $12. Uh, you can get it on Audible for a free trial. Start your free trial today. One click right now. And, um, and you can get it in a number of different ways. Also, we're having contemplative prayer moments, three to five minutes of just stopping, where you can jump on Instagram or Facebook onto the stories or jump on the church app. And what you'll find is um, contemplative prayer moments. Who knows that in our world today, it is a high commodity to just stop and to bring yourself to rest and to bring yourself to peace. That's what those contemplative prayer moments are designed to do for you to just watch the video and actually just bring yourself to peace before God and to uh, be in his presence. So it's really exciting and it's going to be great. I'm going to give that back to um, Christelle. Thank you, Christelle. And uh, if you can't afford the book, please come and see me after the service and we'll sort something out. Um, this verse, uh, it, we read it out this morning. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Romans 8.28, called according to his purpose. Uh, you should find a sheet on your seat. If you're someone who likes to fill out blank spots, then you can um, follow along and, and, and follow the slides and fill out these blank spots as we go. Uh, you'll notice there that it says, Rick Warren, that's me. And, um, but no, uh, January to 19 to 20, 2013. Uh, don't, don't worry, it's not that. We're not in a time machine. But um, don't worry either if you could kind of like, Bron, that's seven years ago. Surely that's not fresh for today. Let me assure you that if you go to church anywhere, you'll find people quoting Spurgeon, who was a preacher a long time ago. You'll be finding people who have researched in commentaries that were written a long time ago. God is able to breathe his freshness onto any word that's brought uh, in his name. This is from the word of God, and so uh, it will have a freshness to it. And, uh, and our prayer as your pastors, this every day for the next 40 days is going to be this Ephesians 1, verse 18 to 19. Our prayer is that light will flood your hearts and that you will understand the hope that was given to you when God called you. Then you will discover the glorious blessings that will be yours together with all of God's people. That is our prayer for you. We're believing that that is going to take place in the church broadly 
in this next 40 days. If you're not in a connect group, you can just go to the info table uh, at the door and give your name and say, I want to be in a connect group, please contact me. Because we're, we're doing 40 days of discovering what the call of God on our lives is. Now, I don't love the phone. I've got to be honest with you. I've got like a mild phobia of the phone. I actually had to change the settings on my phone and get rid of Instagram and, and Facebook because I get sick. Um, you know, when you're in the car and you're, you're sitting still, but everything's going past you really fast, there's actually, it's a thing, I googled it on my phone, um, that, that, that you can look at your phone and because you're sitting still, but everything's moving fast in front of you, that actually uh, you can get motion sickness. So I was getting sick every time I looked at my phone and I thought, is this phone something wrong with it, that it's making me ill, so I googled it, and no, it's just motion sickness, um, and you, there's a setting that you can go in to reduce motion on your phone, and so I had to do that, and then I had to take up things that you, take off things that you scroll through, but also I've got a weird social awkwardness when it comes to my phone that my children will attest to, that I'm on the phone, and when I get to the end of the call, I'm like, oh, when I hang up. And the kid's like, Mom, that is so weird. And I'm like, I can't help it. I have been known to like throw my phone after I've ended a call. And, uh, and, and I was on the phone to my mum, my dearly beloved mother, on the way home from Armadale the other day, and Darren was in the car. I said, I just hate the phone so much when I got off. And Dad said, you would never have known. Mum listens to the podcast. Oh, love you, Mum. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not great. I'm not great on the phone. However, one time I would want to pick up the phone as if the cash cow called me. The cash cow probably wouldn't call me. He's all kind of hoofs and doesn't really talk that much. But if Koshi called me, I would want to answer that phone within three minutes in order, no, three rings, three minutes, I'd be well and away out of the game. Because if you answer within three rings, you get the cash of whatever it's jackpotted to for that day. I never watched Sunrise, so I've got very little chance of that ever happening. But I would want to take the call. And it's the same for you and I. We don't want to send God's call to voicemail. And yet he's called every single one of us in this room. Every single person in the world that's ever been born has a call on their life. And we're devoting 40 days to figuring out what that is. Listen to this verse from Romans chapter 8, verse 30. It says, those that God predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. And that's a big lot of theological words that we're going to be looking at in the coming weeks. But the word in Greek for called is kaleo. It sounds like called, kaleo. And uh, it means that God is calling you. It's used over a hundred times in the New Testament. And uh, the word purpose is, is used many times as well. It's this word as well. But calling is used 10 more times. And I actually really like that because I feel like purpose is something that we try to take ownership of, but we can never take ownership of a calling because calling is dependent on the one who calls you. So it's like this freedom of, oh, wow, well, if God's called me, uh, it's different. It's, it's something different. That word, the Latin word is vocation. We know that word, vocation. And somehow we've reduced the word vocation down to our occupation. It's, it's been reduced and minimised. But our calling is not our career. In fact, my first job was at KFC. I used to make the potato and gravy. And spoiler alert, there is no potato in that potato and gravy. I will never again eat that potato made in a laboratory and gravy. In fact, my uniform used to be covered in the non-potato dust from the potato and gravy. I am so thankful that that vocation was not my calling in life. No offence if it's yours, but, but actually your calling is more than even your vocation if you work at KFC and get great joy from that. It's so much more. 
My next job was that I worked at a credit union as a trainee, and, and I loved that job. But, but my calling was always so much more than that job. A calling can make ends meet. Uh, sorry, a vocation can make ends meet, but a calling always goes beyond just a vocation. So that's what we're looking at. We're going to figure this out over these 40 days. We're going to look at eight things about our calling in life. And you're going to be so glad if you're a filler-outer of forms because you're going to fill out these eight things on your sheet today. And the first one is, my calling is a gift from God. My calling is a gift from God. You know, it's a result of His grace. It's a result of His grace, and His grace is free, unmerited favour. But I need to remind you tonight that it's free to us, but it cost Him everything. It cost our God everything. And this was not a plan B that he came up with, like, oops, look, they've sinned. That wasn't on the plan. He always knew we would. So he had a plan in motion from before the dawn of time in order to redeem us. That's a fancy word, but bring us back to himself. You know, we, Mikey talked about the fact that he was first born of all who would rise again. But he wasn't just a flawless man. He was God who laid down his rights, like the the passage that Mikey read, he laid down all his rights as God to come to us. He existed. It cost him everything, but it's free to us. Calling is a gift from God. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Saved and called is like two sides of a coin. And sometimes, as people who decide to follow Jesus, we can kind of sit that coin on the ground and we only ever look at the, the upside of it and, and the saved part of it. But actually, if we were to flip that coin over, there's a called part of it as well. Our life is not meant to just be lived saved, it's meant to be lived called as well. Number two, I'm called for God's purpose. I'm called for God's purpose. He drew a circle around God's tonight. I'm called for God's purpose. I'm not called for my plan in life. I'm called for God's plan. You know, one song that will not be sung in heaven, actually there's many, single ladies, <laughs> highway to hell, probably not, um, but Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Not bit. <laughs> It's my Frank Sinatra impression. That's for free. Children are disturbed. You should be in kids' church. Um, I did it my way. That will not be sung in heaven. No one in heaven is going to be saying, I did it my way. No, it's only ever about God's purpose. And we do it His way. This is actually so relieving because when we want to only do it for ourselves, then we live frustrated and we live with smallness in mind. We, we, live, we live like kind of narrow, but when we do it God's way, when we live and call for God's purpose, it's an expansive life. It's a wide open spaces kind of life. It might start narrow, but it ends up big and wide and beautiful because he opens things up to us. We go God's way. And, uh, and it's God's purpose. You see, the story of this in the Bible is Jacob and Esau. In the Bible, the firstborn was everything. Just say you had three sons. The first son would get a third, and then the next two sons would get half of a third, sixth. Um, yeah. And, um, and so that's why Onan in the Bible, if you know the story of Onan and Tamar, uh, Onan was to marry his sister. I know, gross. But it was his sister-in-law, and the brother had to marry the wife of the dead 
older brother in order to perpetuate the family line and continue the inheritance. I know that probably creates a lot of questions in you, but it was to ensure that the widow was looked after and, and that her children would be looked after as well and that she would be looked after into old age. Well, Onan, because he was greedy, he wanted to keep the older brother's inheritance for himself and by doing that would mean that he could not allow Tamar to fall pregnant. And so he did a despicable thing and uh, slept with her but didn't allow her um, to be pregnant by that act. And so he did that simply because he was greedy because that was the cultural condition of the day. That you, I'm very aware of the teenagers in the front row right now. Sorry, guys. It's about time you learnt this stuff. Um, 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 anyway, um, so it was, it was a cultural condition of the day. But God, even in the midst of that, he, he turned culture on its head. And he says here in Romans chapter 9, verse 11, this is um, Paul talking about it. It's, he says, before the two boys were born, God told Rebecca, the older will serve the younger. This was before the boys had done anything good or bad. God said this so that the one chosen would be chosen because of God's own plan. He was chosen because he was the one God wanted to call, not because of anything he did. So here we see that we're called for God's purpose. We're called for God's purpose, not our own purpose. Let's look at this next verse. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That word workmanship in a bunch of different versions says masterpiece. Masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. You, Pete Thistle, are God's masterpiece. You, Frank Coleman, are God's masterpiece. You, Tandai, are God's masterpiece. And the word that is used there is poema, where we get poem from. So you are like this creative work of art that God has made and you are his masterpiece. You're like, with this nose, am I really? Yes, you are God's masterpiece. And God has created you in advance to do good works that he planned before you were even born. That's awesome. Many of you might know the man, Nick Vujicic. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his last name. He's, um, he's a man born with no arms and no legs. This man is incredible. And, and you would say, well, Bron, that's not God's masterpiece. He couldn't possibly be. And yet Nick Vizek has reached millions of people with the word of God. Millions. And, and he, you know what? Like, I'm God's masterpiece. I have Colombian supermodels asking me what my health and diet program is. And yet I haven't reached nearly as many people, not even close to how many Nick Vujicic has reached for Jesus. God will use whoever he wants and God will get done his job using the good works that he's prepared in advance for them to do. How good is that? It's exciting. Third principle, God chose my calling before I was born. God chose my calling before I was even born. Galatians 1 verse 15, it pleased God in his kindness to choose me and call me even before I was born, what undeserved mercy. Jeremiah 1 5, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. Isaiah 44 2, I'm your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. You know, this is, this is what the big deal is with abortion because that's not a fetus that's a person right from the start. It's a person even before they start because they start in the mind of God. And God plans purposes for that child even before they're in the womb. And I know in a room like this, like let's be real, there'd be people here who have had abortions. And I don't say this in any way 
to judge you or, or make you feel bad. In fact, I think this verse is the biggest comfort that you can cling on to because it says, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. It says, I'm your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. So you can be rest assured that that baby is still in the father's care. You can, you can, you can walk and, and know and, and trust God that he has that child. But life starts with him. Life begins with him. And that is amazing. That is beautiful. Before we're even born. This is our memory verse, by the way. Isaiah 44, 2. We're going to learn this tonight. Daz is shuddering. He's like, please don't do memory verse. Just run. No, we're doing it. Isaiah 44, 2. The hardest thing always to remember is the reference. But the good news about this verse is that like it's 44, 2. So it's like they're factors. There's common factors. It's really exciting. Who else gets excited about common factors, Phoebe Stace? Come on. Yes, you do. Fun fact, my birthday is 21st to the 7th. Oh, yeah. Seven times three is 21. Isabella's birthday is 14th to the 7th. Oh, yeah. Seven times two is 14. Daz's birthday is 5th to the 5th. Kind of boring, but they're still, like, divisible. Kate, disappointing. 7th of the 12th. Got nothing for that. But 2007, seven, two sevens. Lachlan Bennell, genius, second of the 10th, 2005. Thank you, son. Thank you. All three line up. Wow. Isaiah 44, 2 says, I am your creator. You were, in my, you were in my care even before you were born. Let's read it out together. Isaiah 44, 2. I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. Look at the ground. Isaiah 44, 2. I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. Look at the person next to you. Isaiah 44, 2. I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. Look at the person next to you and say, you are a genius. Isaiah 44, 2. You know why this verse is important? Because if you're having a down day, how good is this verse? I'm your creator. You are in my care even before you were born. Thank you, Jesus. Number four, my sins and my mistakes don't change my call. Thank you, Lord. In fact, some of the things that we've done where we've needed to depend on God's grace and forgiveness like nothing else, they've actually enabled our call. They've actually propelled us into our call. Thank you, Jesus. My sins and my mistakes don't change my call. The verse there, by calling me into his service, Jesus has judged me trustworthy, even though I used to be a blasphemer and a persecutor and persecutor and contemptuous. Mercy, however, was shown me because while I lacked faith, I acted in ignorance. You know, some of us have acted and done stupid things even when we were no longer ignorant. But our sins and our mistakes don't change the call that he has on our life. And that's maybe one of the things that's made me realize how real God is more than anything else, is that he would still call those who have made major errors. That's incredible. Number five, my calling is permanent. My calling is permanent. God's gifts and his callings are irrevocable or irrevocable. <laughs> Another version there, God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. You know, I've told you before about the church uh, that I grew up in and even as an adult where we'd have tongues, messages and interpretations and, and sometimes someone would begin to speak and I'd be like, have my eyes closed because usually we're in worship and I'd be like, like, why is that person being used in that way? And I'd think, I know what they're like. I know what they did last summer. 
And, and I would, I'd be like, judgment. But the fact is, is that God actually, he qualifies the called. He doesn't call the qualified. That's what he does. And, uh, and he's amazing like that. Um, will, he, will he limit? Can we limit the call in our life? Yeah, absolutely. But, but he doesn't ever take it away from us. He doesn't ever take it away from us. That's why you see people who make major errors, famous preachers, and they might even go to prison, but then they'll come back and they'll still preach the gospel and people will still come to know Jesus because God doesn't withdraw his calling. Number six, my calling is connected to others. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have beautiful eyes. Now I want you to imagine those eyes flopped out on the kitchen bench and rolling around on the kitchen bench. Are they still beautiful? No, because they are no longer connected. Things are only beautiful when they're connected. And it says here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4, we are all one body. We have the same spirit and we have all been called to the same glorious future hope. We're only working properly when we're connected. This hand is very useful until it's not anymore, no longer connected to the whole body. Hebrews 3 verse 1, brothers and sisters, you are holy partners in a heavenly calling. Romans chapter 14 verse 7 says, none of us lives to himself alone and none of us dies to himself alone. We're supposed to be connected. Number seven, God empowers what he calls me to do. If what you feel like you're called to do seems scary and you feel unqualified, the good news is that God empowers what he calls you to do. And in fact, because he's called you before you were even born, he's just waiting for you to step into that calling, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter if you're seven or if you're 17 or if you're 70, he has empowered you to do what he calls you to do. In fact, for some people, the most fruitful times of their life is at the end of their life. John Maxwell's father started a church in his nursing home (laughs) and had hundreds of people come to know Jesus through that church. God empowers me, God empowers what he calls me to do. Ephesians 4 verse 1, I now urge you to live the life to which God called you. Another way of saying that is now live up to what you have already received. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 11, it says, that is why we always pray for you, asking our God to help you live the kind of life he called you to live. We pray that with his power, not your power, God will help you do the good things you want and perform the works that come from your faith. It's awesome. 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. He is going to do it. So good. And finally, number eight, there's a prize for living out my calling. There's a prize for living out my calling. You know, this one is a little bit hard for us to grasp in our sanitized Western middle-class world. There's a prize. We're not looking so much forward to that prize as the prize of our paycheck tomorrow or, or the prize of maybe a holiday next year. Whatever it might be, we kind of look forward to the most immediate prize. And it was different for, you know, African-American slaves hundreds of years ago and they wrote the songs like Swing Low, Sweet Chariot because they were just waiting for the time that Jesus would come back and they would get sweet release and relief from what they were enduring. Now, I know that there's probably even some in this room that you're just waiting for Jesus to come back. And your life is such that you're like, Brian, I wouldn't wish this kind of life on my worst enemy. And I'm sorry that that is how you 
your life is at the moment. But I tell you right now that there is a prize for living out your calling even in the midst of what you're going through. And the fact that you are waiting for that eternity is nearer to you than it is to me because I'm waiting for my paycheck tomorrow. I'm waiting for whatever's coming around the corner. We need to lift our eyes and actually look to the, the prize to which he has called us heavenward. We went to Broadway a few months ago. Nice flex, Bron. And uh, hashtag humble brag. Um, but we loved it. We loved it. We loved it. We went and saw Frozen because that was the cheapest thing that we could find to go to. Daz loved it. And um, we did have Frozen soundtrack play for a good portion of the road trip after that. But actually, it was incredible. You know, you, you, it's stuff that you only see in the movies. We go to Broadway. We go and see a musical. And, and then we come out to the lights of New York City, and it was pouring rain. And it was awesome, and it was epic. And then we did musical trip for the rest of the time. And Kate got into American history with Hamilton. And, and we haven't heard the end of it. Skylar sisters. And um, pretty sure that's how it goes, isn't it, Kate? Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and so it, it, was, it was fantastic. But, but when you step into eternity, on, on Broadway is up in lights, the name of the, the show, and then it's got starring underneath it. When you step into heaven, I've got to read you this verse first. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 12, live the kind of life that pleases God, who calls you to share in his own kingdom and glory. There'll be eternity starring Jesus Christ and Sophie Cottrell, and Christian Fritz, and Jeffrey Rutherford. I had the sudden moment where I'm pretty sure I got your last name wrong. <laughs> but God knows your name. <laughs> Was I right, Jeff? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, awesome. There is a prize for living out your calling. And Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, it says that there, I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God, God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So there is a prize for living out your calling. We kind of, we just don't think about it. I don't think, I don't, I, I don't know how much you think about heaven. I don't think about it enough. There is a prize for which God is calling us heavenward. And so 40 days to work out how to live out our calling I wonder if you could commit to that. If you could say, okay, for the next six weeks, I'll be in church to hear these messages on the weekend. I'll find a small group, a connect group that I can study and, and look at this content with. I'll grab the book and I'll read a chapter a day. They're short chapters. I'll jump online and look at the contemplative prayer time and just still myself before God to get everything out of this next 40 days that I can. It's going to be a great 40 days. I, I, I'm so confident. I, I really believe I can even guarantee that if you will spend this next 40 days doing those four things, that you will find that you are so much stronger at the end of them in your faith than what you are right now. Let's come to our feet, church. We're going to close. In just a moment, the band will sing a song and we'll go out in a song of praise. But before we do, there's some of you that would love to start this journey of living out your calling and discovering your calling right now by simply saying yes to Jesus, that you haven't yet done this. You haven't said, Jesus, I have gone my own way to this point and now I want to stop and I want to surrender my life to you. So would you close your eyes tonight? And if you've already made that decision, then just 
be in prayer for people that are maybe considering this tonight. And let me ask a question. Are you ready to surrender your life to Jesus? Are you ready to say, I want to start this journey with you, Jesus. I want to stop going my way and I want to go your way. And if that's you on the count of three, I'd just ask you to slip your hand in the air and then we're going to pray together as one big group. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to call you out the front. It'll be just a moment between you and God and and just for me to know who I'm praying for here tonight. So if that's you, yes, Jesus, I want to start this journey with you. I'm done going my own way. Would you raise your hand? One, two, three. Thank you, sir. Good decision. Is there anyone else here tonight? Thank you. Good decision. Anyone else saying, yep, I'm done going my own way. I want to go your way. Awesome. Well, everyone in the room, band, hosts, production team included, let's pray together as one big group. Dear Jesus, I want to stop going my way. I want to go your way. Forgive me of my sins. I put my trust in you. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising again. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, can we celebrate with those two people that raise their hands tonight? The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices over one. So we're doubly rejoicing here tonight. And I just encourage you, uh, if you or the person that you came with, if you want to check out that decision a little bit more, you can jump onto our website. There's a tab that says, I have decided. And we'd love to follow you up. You can just fill in your details and we'd love to get in contact with you and help you find out your next steps on once you've decided to follow Jesus. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.